Welcome to the We Are VIP podcast. Each week, your host, Casey Haston, Director of Recruiting at VIP, will bring you valuable insights from thought leaders, introduce you to incredible companies, and bring you tips for landing your dream job from our team of executive recruiters at VIP. And now, Casey Haston. Welcome to the We Are VIP podcast, a podcast devoted to adding value to your career or candidate search brought to you by VIP. My name is Casey Haston and I'm your host. I'm an executive recruiter, director of recruiting with VIP and your all around hiring guru. And I'm super excited about the guests that we have on today. So let me introduce her so we can get right into the meat of this topic. Um, today, my guest is Julie Wakefield, president of JW Etiquette. Julie is an expert in business etiquette and protocol training. She offers classes and coaching sessions to help others prepare for the job search and interview process. Her wisdom can help job seekers gain a competitive edge in their search and will help employers hire better qualified and more professional talent. Today, Julie is here to answer some important questions from job seekers to help them ace their next interview. Julie, thank you for joining us today. Well, thank you for having me. I'm so excited to be here. You know, I've been excited for like a week. I know, but I'm like, and I was so sad when I found out that you weren't in Dallas. So tell us a little bit about why you're not in Dallas right now. <laughs> well, I am the regional partner for Master Networks in Houston. And so I come to Dallas, uh, to Houston three days a week to work with businesses and entrepreneurs here on building their network. And we do executive coaching and networking here in Houston. So wow. I have uh, two jobs now. <laughs> I know. So let's talk about the job that brings you to the podcast today, but congratulations yeah. on your new master network. Thank That's you. amazing. Um, Thank so you. I randomly reached out to you um, because I was looking for someone to come in and do a lunch and learn for my team on business etiquette, because as you know, very often we are entertaining clients, um, you know, and some of these are Fortune 500 companies. And I was like, you know, yeah. you might want to know which fork to pick up. I don't know. It could be important. But it, after talking could to you, be. it went so much deeper than that. And I just kind of wanted to talk about a little bit about that etiquette course and, that you offer and the benefits that it brought to us. Oh, great. That was a fun class. You know, it's been, what, a year, year and a half since we did that? Yeah, I think so. Wow. <laughs> wow. That was a great time. You know, we, um, I think when we first started talking, you were wanting to do like a 45-minute class or something like that, wasn't it? And then yes. I was like, oh, I think we need to do more than that. Because yeah. <laughs> uh, it, it goes into so much more. Uh, when you start talking about hosting a business meeting or being a guest at a restaurant, and there's a meal involved, there is so much to consider. Well, and I love that even though we couldn't cover everything that you um, you know, because I mean, you've been doing this for how many years? Uh, almost 10. Yeah. So I, I know that there's so much more, but you gave us a book to look at and follow and refer to going forward. So that was very helpful as right. well. And so we use right. that with new people coming in too. Oh, good. Yeah. Good. Yeah. It's extremely valuable. Um, I think the business entertaining piece is something that we don't teach in, in colleges or the etiquette at all. 
um, you know, they teach you all about what you need to know to do your job, mm -hmm. the technical skills, but they don't teach you how to go build a book of business, how to go through a business meeting, how to go through a business meal. And that's really where deals are made. You know, that's, Absolutely. that's where you sell yourself. Yeah. You know, and that's so interesting because, I mean, I think one of the first questions you asked me was, who chooses the restaurant? And I said, well, I let the client choose the restaurant. And you're like, no, wrong. <laughs> you should always choose the restaurant <laughs> and take that burden off of them. So Right. Right. Because you don't want them to pick a restaurant. That's if, especially if they don't know you. So I always try to tell people that, especially if you don't know a client very well, mm -hmm. to pick the restaurant and the, choose one that has a wide variety of foods on the menu so that everyone can find something to eat there. Exactly. Exactly. So right. I know we went a little off topic, but I did want to bring that up because I so enjoyed the class when you came. Well, Thank we actually you. went to a very nice restaurant and got a good meal out of it as we well. Um, so right. that was that I definitely wanted to highlight that. And that is an aspect of what you do. So um, yeah, but well, so let's talk you. about from, you know, our candidates that are going out there and interviewing. And a lot of times they'll start with a phone interview. Um, even though it isn't mm -hmm. in person, it's important to communicate right. professionalism and preparedness. Um, what are three keys to a successful phone interview you can share with our audience? That is such a great question. So I, I think, first of all, for any interview, whether it is an in-person interview or if it is a, um, an interview at, on the phone, you need to be prepared. Make sure that you go to the website, do research, pull up their social media for the company, find out anything you can about the leadership, go to LinkedIn and be prepared for that interview. And then when you're on the phone, I think, you know, we, we talk a lot in my classes about communication and, you know, words are one part of it, but there's a whole package that goes to the communication piece and body language can be heard on the phone. So I would say stand up, get up and dress up. First of all, don't do a phone interview in your pajamas because you get dressed, get totally dressed as if you were going to the interview. So you feel like you're in the interview. And then when you're talking on the phone, stand up. Make it so that you, you're not just sitting down or slouching and make sure that there's a mirror nearby so that you can see yourself smiling because you don't want to get so serious because, you know, if you are serious, that whole tone, you're, you're sitting down, you're slouching, it all comes across. So keep the energy level high, smile, stand up and be ready for that interview. I love that. And you just gave me another piece to my prepping my candidates because I've always, you know, I tell them, stand up, use your hands so that you can feel yes. that energy on the other end of the phone. Yes. But I love that you just said, get dressed because that does lend to that confidence. So mm -hmm. I hadn't thought of that yes. one. Good one. I like it. Oh, good. Yes. So that, I'm going to use that. I'm going to totally steal that from you going forward. <laughs> well, good. I'm glad. So let's say we aced the phone interview, okay? Now we're going for our in-person interview. Um, yeah. This is often the first impression that the interviewer is going to have of the interviewee. So what are some tips you can share to help candidates stand out while maintaining professionalism when it comes to their attire? 
Well, first of all, I think you need to choose clothes that are professional and choose clothes that you feel good in. They must fit your body. Um, if you are a female, make sure that there's no low cut clothes, no see-through blouses, short skirts, that sort of thing. Guys, make sure you have on uh, a shirt, pants that fit you well, that you're comfortable in. I think that is, you know, goes, is, if you feel good in it, then it goes a long way into showing the confidence that you have. Um, but I think too, these days, depending on the industry you're in, you don't always need to wear a suit. And I'm hearing more and more companies say to their candidates, don't wear a suit, we are business casual. That lends itself into so many um, opportunities to pick out something that shows your personality yet is professional. So I always go with classic pieces. I would still go with neutral tones. Um, women, keep your makeup neutral. Don't try to be overbearing with bright red lipstick, bright red um, nails. Or big um, eyelashes. Yes. Yeah, that's such a trend right now for it those is. big, long eyelashes and as fingernails, too. Yeah. Um, I think keep it simple, keep it classic, and keep it clean. Make sure your shoes are polished. There's no scuff marks. Um, if you have on heels, make sure your heels look nice. Um, classic jewelry, just very simple. I think that's the best step into getting to the first interview. Gotcha. Would you recommend some kind of color pop somewhere to kind of set them apart? Or you just really think sticking with those neutral colors is best? I'm talking about neutral colors. I'm glad you asked that. Neutral colors uh, for your skirt, your pants, your jacket, whatever. Um, you can add color in your shirt, your blouse. You can add necklace, earrings, a bag. Um, or shoes sometimes, um, I, you know, sometimes I like to wear fun shoes um, that kind of go with that outfit. So just, um, you can always add personality in the accessories. And I think that's a great way to do that. Gotcha, gotcha, okay. Um, so let's talk about timeliness because, you know, it's obviously important to arrive on time to an interview to show you're punctual and prepared and yes. respectful, but, what about arriving early? Is there such a thing as being too early for an interview? Absolutely. Yes, there is. I would say don't arrive earlier than 15 minutes. Um, usually 10 minutes is a good window to come in, you know, to arrive, give them 10 minutes to prepare to get you into the interview room. 15 minutes is okay, but I wouldn't go before then. I know um, we have a plumbing company. My husband is a plumber and we have a plumbing company and um, he, we were interviewing a plumber on a Saturday morning mm -hmm. and we were, the interview was at 9.30 and he arrived at 8.45 and it was just kind of like, oh, so what do we do with this now? So we had to stop what we were doing to go interview him because he was 45 minutes early. So you can be too early. It can I be an inconvenience. I agree. And that's one of the things, because of course, as a recruiter, I interview candidates all day long. And that's mm -hmm. one of the first things that I'm not going to say judge, but I start forming my opinion about them is right. number one, if they arrive too early or number two, if they arrive late, because just like you said, you know, my day is jam packed. And, but I also mm -hmm. feel an obligation. If you arrive an hour early, 45 minutes early, 
to stop what I'm doing if I can and go meet with you. But I just, I'm like, you know, you should have sat in the parking lot until, you yeah. know, 10, 15 minutes. But now I do recommend that people, if they didn't do this either the day before, get there about 30 minutes early or plan to get there about 30 minutes early in case something happens, traffic, wreck, yes. something like yes. that so that you can, yes. you know, you've got that buffer, but don't go into the office until 10 to 15 minutes right. before. So you would agree with that? that the, yes, absolutely. And I've even told people if they don't, if they're going to this place for the first time, a day or two before the interview, drive it at the time that you're supposed to be leaving to see if you have allowed enough time yep. for traffic or if your GPS takes you around a block for one-way streets or something like that. Um, don't let that interview day be the first time you make that trip unless you're planning on giving yourself plenty of time, yep. knowing that you can go get some water, go to a convenience store, do something before so that, that you're not in there at least 30 minutes before. I mean, you want to wait till, I would say no more than 15 minutes before your time. Gotcha. To gotcha. get there. So this leads really well into my next question. So let's say something did happen and I'm running late, you know, what do we do? What should we do if we are running late for some reason? You need to call them and let them know. Do not send an email, call them and let them know. You can send an email additionally so that there's two avenues of communication, but don't rely on just one because when you're late, you need to let someone know personally. And so I would call, just tell them you're stuck in traffic, there was a wreck, they're rerouting traffic, there's a detour or whatever. Um, but I, I would definitely make the phone call. That's And that's so perfect because as a recruiter, whenever we send out our preps to our candidates and, and we make it personal for them, instead of having them call us, we give them the person's name that they're going to be interviewing with and their phone number. And we're like, if you're late for any reason, oh, yeah. you call them and you let them know Directly. immediately. So, mm -hmm. so yeah, I think that's great yes. advice. Yes. Uh, so we often talk about the importance of job uh, candidates asking their interviewer questions about the job to show their interest and that they have conducted research about the company, but there are also questions to ask. There are also bad questions that you can ask during an interview. Yes. Um, what's one question you would not recommend asking during the first interview? Anything about benefits, payment, um, anything that has to do with what do I get out of this? Um, I would stay away from that at a first interview. Your first interview is going to see if this is a fit for you mm -hmm. to see if, if, if you fit with them, but you're also interviewing them too. Is this a place that you want to go? Is this, right. a, is this somebody that you get a feel for? Do I like the atmosphere in the office? Do I like the people here? It's a, it's a first interview. So stay away from anything that is, well, what if, what if I get the job? Can I, um, go on a vacation the first year or what, how much, how many, how often do you give raises? You know, what would be the salary? I would avoid that for the first interview. I love that. And again, are, have you been a recruiter before? <laughs> Actually, I used to do temporary work, temporary um, employment, and I would coach uh, candidates when they would go in for the permanent interviews. I was going to say, you've got a lot of recruiting coaching <laughs> tips right there. I love it. Um, you know, and one of the things, you know, you know, I tell my candidates to have a lot of questions when they go in there, and I've talked about this before. I like for you to talk about areas, you know, have some questions about the company, about the culture, 
and about yeah. the position itself. Ask yes. all the questions you want surrounding that, but don't yes. go in immediately asking about salary, benefits, or hours. Because, and I like the way you worded yeah. it because it makes it about them. And right. especially with hours, because, you know, automatically, whether they work long hours or not, I'm thinking in my mind as a hiring manager, you don't want to work, whether that's mm-hmm. the case or not, because you're already asking exactly. me about hours. Right. And, you know, or do you allow people to work from home? Well, why do you want to work from home already? You know, a lot of times working from home is something that is earned. Yes. You know, after you've been there for a while, they'll say, oh, you can work um, from home. I know my, um, my daughter is on maternity leave and she has uh, someone filling in for her. Um, and so that, that person took the liberty to one day go home and work from home because she was noticing that there were people there that could do that. But she forgot to let anyone know that she was doing that. And she didn't realize that that wasn't available for her just yet. That's something she needs to work into. So I thought that was kind of funny that you just assume, oh, the person in the next office is going to work from home. So I think I'll do that tomorrow too. That's, that's not the way you, you, you get that privilege. Exactly. You know, and we even have that in our office sometimes because we have, you know, recruiters that have been there for years and years and years and can do this in their sleep. And they do work from home sometimes and they have Mm -hmm. that, you know, option. But when you're new Mm -hmm. and you're just coming in, you need to be in the bullpen. You need to hear the word tracks that other people are using. So that option is not available to you. You're, you're, you haven't proven yourself yet. yet. So that's I get so that. true. Yeah. So true. I think, I think that we need to really focus when you're a new person, you need to be there early every day. You yep. need to be open. You need to be present and you not, don't need to worry about right now about what am I getting out of it? It's how am I contributing to this team? I love What that. am I doing to learn and to contribute? I love that so much. And, you know, I think that, Having that attitude where you are contributing more than you're taking, I think that's just good wisdom for life in general. So, yes, I love it. We teach that in networking too. When you go to a networking meeting, Mm -hmm. it's not about give me, give me referrals. It's about how can I help you? Yes. Who can I connect you with? Um, Don't worry so much. The referrals will come, but you're there to add value too. Absolutely. You know, and that was, it's funny that you say that because I was actually at a networking meeting not too long ago and it was a one-on-one from, from a networking meeting. And I'm sitting there going, thinking in my head, cause you know, I'm automatically making connections. Okay. You need to meet this person. You need to meet this person. You need to meet this person. This this other person looked at me and they're like, what can I do for you? I'm like, nothing. Yes. Just how sweet. yeah. Yeah. But that's the first time I'd had somebody ask me that. And I was really impressed with that and made me want to refer that person more. For what they did. Yes, there's a trust level. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So, let's. When a candidate is asking their interviewer questions, do you think it's appropriate to have pen and paper to take notes or written questions to reference? What other items would you recommend that they bring with them to the interview? I think it's okay to be prepared for that. So every interview is different. So I would pack a portfolio, pack a, a bag. I always tell ladies. Have a bag that where you can reach and grab whatever you need, don't dig. Whatever you do, don't dig. So if you need to grab a pad, have it right where it's right there and a pen attached to it 
so that you could take notes if you wanted to or needed to. Um, you might want to keep extra copies of a resume, although today resumes are online. I don't know that they ask for a lot of copies, but it's always good to have them mm -hmm. in case you need them. And then um, you can take um, breath mints or something like that to keep in your bag. Just before you go in, you might want to have one. Do not take gum, though. Thank no you. Gum. It's ever allowed. <laughs> ever. No gum. Uh, but a breath mint, a, a pad, a pen, all of that. But leave it put away until you need it. Exactly. So, and I want to kind of go back to attire real quick because this is a problem that we have most of the time with women, but sometimes with men. Don't overdose on the cologne. Oh, that's a really good one. Yes. People don't want to smell you after you've gone away. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you don't want to go in and go, oh, who was in here? <laughs> uh, no, you, you really want to make sure that you, uh, I, I wouldn't wear any or very light cologne, if yes. anything. Um, that's, a, that's a good one. And we teach that in etiquette too, like when you go networking. Mm -hmm. So have you ever been to, to like church? And there's a, a, this older man who's always there as a greeter and hugs everybody when they come in. And then you smell like him all day long. <laughs> yes. um, so that you don't want that. So just keep, keep the um, cologne down. Absolutely. And any fragrances. And I would also eat the um, rose-flavored hand lotion and things like that, too. Yeah, just you don't want to do anything that offends, and you don't know if somebody's going to be allergic to your cologne. Right, right. So, the allergies are really bad, especially right now, too. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I really am glad that we kind of had the conversation about you coming in and working with my team over a mill because some interviews are held over a mill, right? Yeah. Um, oh, usually yeah. during a second or third interview yeah. so that they can have more of a casual conversation. We do this at our office. We do a culture lunch afterwards and that tells us a lot, right? Mm -hmm. um, but this is not a time to go crazy and order everything you want and what are some tips you would share with a candidate that's going on maybe a lunchtime interview or even a dinnertime interview? Well, I would say make sure you're comfortable at the table. Um, you know what fork to use. You know how to use the fork. You know what to do with the fork when you're finished. I would also say go in there not hungry. <laughs> I would eat before the interview. And I would order something that is easy to eat something like a piece of grilled chicken with vegetables. Sometimes salads are even difficult to eat, although, because you have to worry about, do you cut it? What do you do with the bowl? Yes. You know, it's, it's just keep it simple, whatever you order. And don't order the most expensive item on the meal. And the other thing that I always do too, and when I'm at a business meeting, is I just go with water. I don't try to get iced tea, so I have sweetener and lemon and all of that. Just go with water, keep it simple, and be comfortable in that setting because it is about the conversation. It's really not about you getting a meal. It's about seeing how you handle yourself at the meal. So just remember that it's not about the food. 
Yeah. And I remember you telling, okay, so two things there I want to talk about. One is don't order the most expensive thing off the menu. And I think if I remember correctly, when we did our lunch and learn, our menu was pre-prepared and it was a test to see what we would order. Yeah. Yeah. We did, we did the, well, we simplified it and we do that to keep down so people don't spend all 30 minutes trying to look at all the, <laughs> all the, the meals. So we try to keep it simple, but yeah, we put some expensive items on that menu to see if anybody would order it. Um, you and I kind of talked about that in, ahead of time Yes, uh, to see what, what would happen there. And it was a great conversation to have even within your team. Yeah. Cause a lot of people think especially if they're out at a conference, um, you know, that, and, and this happened just recently, I heard the story, uh, a young junior executive went with his boss to a conference. First time he'd been out, fresh out of college, um, and he was there to learn. Um, but the first night they had the welcoming reception, and the next day, the junior executive showed up 45 minutes late for the first session, and he was hungover. Did not go over well with Ooh. his boss. Oh, that's not good. Not We're, good at all. We paid for a plane uh, ticket. We paid for the hotel room. We're paying for all of your meals while you're there. This is not a time for you to go party. It is, you're still working, even though it's fun, even though it's a cool venue, you're getting to go out of town for a couple of days. Um, you have to remember you are still working. And yeah. don't order French onion soup. Yes. Do you remember <laughs> that story? <laughs> yes, I remember that story. And I told you that's my favorite soup. So I love to order it. So now yes. when I go on client visits, I'm like, no, no French onion soup. Sorry. No, no French onion soup. <laughs> Not for it me anyway. It's hard to eat. Yes. yes. It's and hard now to eat. I, I'm almost embarrassed. Like even if I'm with family or, you know, friends or anything like that, I'm almost still embarrassed. I'm like, I need to go have my little French onion soup addiction by myself, you know? <laughs> yes. Well, eat it. Yeah. Eat it at home. Eat it with your friends and family. Um, eat it out. Go to your favorite restaurant and order it. Just don't do it when, when it's a business setting. Exactly. Uh, do it with your friends and family. Yeah. I couldn't wait to get that one in there. I've never forgotten the yeah. French onion soup story. <laughs> um, I think one of the story. most difficult parts of an interview is bringing it to a close. How can a candidate close an interview in a way that shows they're interested and aligned with the position without being too pushy and eager? That's a really good question. And that I think goes, um, depending on the interview. And I, I want to say this to the candidates that are at the, at the interview, you will know if this interview went well. So oftentimes, um, a classic sign that the team, if, especially if you're at a panel, um, and this is what we used to do in education. If, a, if it was not a good fit, we only asked one question and then we dismissed the candidate. So if yep. you came in, it was like, hi, tell us about yourself. And then maybe another question. It's like, okay, well, thank you for your time. Then you don't really need to close that interview. Right. You just need to say, thank you so much for your time today. I look forward to hearing from you and then leave. There's not a whole lot of closing there. But if your interview goes for a long time and people are asking, everyone's getting the chance to ask questions and there's a conversation going on and you really feel a connection, that's when you really want to dive in a little bit and say, you know, you might ask the question, 
do you have a time frame for when you would like to make a decision? And if they say, you know, give us a week, give us two weeks, say great. And you might even ask, is there an occasion where I might need to follow up with you? Oh, um, good one. Or you, you could say um, something like, will you let us, let me know either way. And know this, most people are conflict avoidant and they don't want to deliver bad news. So even though they'll tell you, yes, we'll let you know either way, most of them probably won't. They might send you a letter in the mail saying, thanks for your time, but we're not choosing you. We're not moving forward. Um, but they, you might not get that in a timely manner like you're wanting. So if you'd like to close the interview, ask the question, is there an occasion where I might need to follow up with you or will you follow up with me? And then you could even say, I really enjoyed this interview and I would love an opportunity to continue this conversation. And then that would let them know, okay, they're interested. Mm -hmm. And then wait for the time frame. And if you don't hear back by the time that they told you that they would follow up, then make that phone call to follow up if you still are interested or if you feel like you should. Well, and I would just like to add to that. And then that's beautiful. I love those questions. But I would like to add more on the employer side. Don't leave those candidates hanging. I know that you, you yeah. don't like to deliver bad news, but that's a yeah. hard place to be and not knowing, especially if you're unemployed. So that's right. You know, be a friend, no, let them know. You're right. I, and I think so too. And I, I know there have been times where you get the letter or an email that just says, you know, we've, we've chosen not to move forward with you at this time or whatever, however they phrase it. Mm -hmm. um, we've made another decision. At least, you know, exactly. And I, as a closure. candidate, I would rather know. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And so many times we, um, one of the good things about working through a recruiter is that the client's going to tell us yes or no, right? They may not give us feedback, but at least we have a yes or no on the candidate. And so we can at least provide that to the candidate. Yeah. But as recruiters, we need to remember, we don't like to give bad news either. It's lots of fun to give out a job offer. It's not fun to say, sorry, you didn't get that job you really wanted, you know, but right. we need to remember and step up that we need to let them know and provide that feedback as well. So, right. And I always think, and I've done this before, and just sent an email when I get the letter email and say, you know, I appreciate the, the um, opportunity to interview with you. Is there any suggestions or are there any suggestions you may give me that would help me improve my skills so that I won't mm -hmm. make the same mistakes later? And then you get open and honest feedback. I love that. That's so good. Julie, I cannot believe our time is almost at an end. I mean, and I think it's pretty sad. The only way that I can connect with you is on the podcast. You're so busy. <laughs> um, but I do want to give you an opportunity to tell people how they get in touch with you. What's the easiest way to find you, connect with you? Uh, well, I'm on LinkedIn, so you can connect with me there, just Julie Wakefield. And I uh, also have a website, jwetiquette.com. You can send me a, an email through that, julie at jwetiquette.com, and I'll get right back to you. Yes, and if, uh, if our audience will put in the subject line that they heard you on the VIP podcast, I bet they're going to get some VIP treatment, right? That's right. Absolutely. Awesome. Awesome. Yes. So, Julie, I'm sure you've heard by now that we have our signature VIP questions. Are you ready? Yes. Okay. I am ready. <laughs> I'm ready. 
So if you were the first, if you, if you were chosen to be one of the first colonists on Mars, what three things or people would you take with you? Oh gosh, this is so hard for me. So ideally, I would love to take my husband and my children. Uh, but my children are all married and have children, so I can't take them. So yes. I, I would choose my husband. Because um, he's a funny guy. Choose, yes, <laughs> yes. He keeps keeps me laughing. I would choose my uh, phone, uh, stay in touch with people. Okay. And I would choose my Bible. Okay. We get a lot of Bibles on that question, so it's good to know. Yeah. We've got good people yeah. coming on. <laughs> there you go. And I love this question too. What is um, one thing you do every morning to set your day up for success? I like to have just some quiet time in the mornings. Um, I find that if I have time to read um, or meditate, um, even pray, um, something's bothering me, just pray, just that quiet time to reflect on the day ahead. Mm -hmm. um, what is it that I need to get done today? what's the most important thing? Do I, do I have something I'm forgetting? Like I wouldn't want to forget the podcast with Casey. Um, <laughs> I would so not have been happy with you. <laughs> yes. No. And so, um, I think just having the time, just my time in the morning, uh, is important because I find when I don't do that, when the alarm goes off or if I decide to sleep a few extra minutes and I have to get up, get in the shower and get going, um, I feel frazzled. Yes, completely agree. Completely agree with that. And not going to lie, I did that this morning. So, <laughs> yeah. Um, okay, my final question for you, and I so appreciate you being here with me today, is if your life's work was being summarized in a news article, what would your headline be? She never gave up. Ah, why? Well, because there have been times in my life early on where I did not think that I could do things and I would quit things easily or the first time somebody would say, oh, I don't, I don't see how you can do that, I would quit. Um, but I've learned recently that when you quit, you don't succeed. It's when you keep going and you don't give up, that's when you succeed. And so that's, that's going to be my headline. I love it. And I love your reason why. That is amazing. Well, Julie, I have one more thing to say to you. Yes. Thanks. You are a VIP. <laughs> no, Casey, you are a VIP. <laughs> and that's a wrap for today. Join us next week here on the We Are VIP podcast. We'd love to know how we can help you be a VIP. To find out more, log on to wearevip.com.